G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, August 27. I'm John Barco, joining me as usual, my Winning Post colleagues, Jackpot Joel Marshall and Dynamite Dan Nuttall. Well, Joel, first Group 1 of the season for Melbourne, the first Group 1 in Australia in Sydney last week certainly didn't let anyone down. And it doesn't look like uh, this one's going to either. The Memsey is uh, jam-packed with quality. We've got eight Group 1 winners. A couple of uh, other horses that uh, are almost certain future Group One winners. Um, there should be some really, uh, there should be some great pointers um, towards even the, the very best races in the, of the spring in on in Saturday's event. Yeah, indeed, Marks. It's um, a cracking lineup in the Memsey. Um, obviously, we've got some really intriguing runners here. We've got uh, well, we could see Alligator Blood back in Melbourne. Uh, finally, with uh, ownership dispute settled, uh, we get to see Western Empire first up for Danny O'Brien, the talented Perth Galloper 7 from 13. And probably the most exciting is Elation. Three from three looked outstanding, uh, putting those three wins together earlier in the year. Tough task. Wait for age group one at start four. He's certainly short enough in the market, but um, yeah, it's uh, going to be a really intriguing race. It sure is. Speaking of intriguing races and tough tasks, Dan, you've spoken to Tony Golan this week, your story on page 94 of your winning post. And uh, in Sydney, there's only uh, a couple of group uh, group races up there, but one of them, the San Domenico, is an absolute cracker for the new season three-year-olds. Tony's got Natuno resuming there, but uh, his task isn't going to be all that easy either. That's right. Um, cracking race at the San Domenico. We've got the, the Golden Slipper runner-up resuming in Best of Bordeaux, who's come up a, a pretty short favourite. Um, look, I guess, you know, he's got the runs on the board in, in a race like the Slipper and running so well there and in previous Group 2, Group 3 successes. But I don't think he should be that short in the market. We'll obviously touch on that race a bit later. But cracking contest there and as well as... Um, the up-and-coming stakes, I think, is a really good race. A couple of really nice resuming types. So only the two group races in Sydney compared to, I think, the, the five and the five stakes races in Melbourne, but um, definitely not short on quality um, in Sydney either this weekend. No, indeed. But we will start in Melbourne, where the bulk of the stakes action is going to take place. And uh, more specifically, Caulfield. Heavy eight Thursday morning as we speak to you, but uh, glorious sunshine as uh, as I look out my window, and um, I think the rain is pretty much... Well, there's not going to be much more of it, if there is any. And uh, there's going to be a bit of sunshine. We're actually getting up to a balmy uh, tops of 19 and 20 by Melbourne standards on uh, Sunday and Monday. I don't know if that uh, warmth will come in time to dry it out, but you'd probably expect somewhere in the soft range. First of the black-type races is race five. It is the HDF McNeil Stakes over 1,200 metres. Set weights and penalties for three-year-olds at, uh, at Group 3 level. And uh, have I got a couple of fast facts? I have indeed. Um, no filly has won this race since Lady of Harrods in 2012. And it doesn't look to me like we've got any fillies here this year either, so that will uh, continue. And no McNeil Stakes winners has come off an unplaced run in the same campaign since Kahuta all the way back in 2003. Well, 
that doesn't knock much out here. We've only got um, three of the 14 that have run this campaign, and the only one that was unplaced last start of those is Man in the Mirror. Joel, how did you assess the McNeil? Yeah, really tricky race uh, to assess. We've got um, yeah some very exciting horses, a lot of last start winners, a lot of horses resuming, and we're trying to line up some of the... I guess a bit, a little bit of the off-season form with some of the elite form from earlier in the year. Uh, I've ended up trying to find some value and gone for one that I think's over the odds, and he's a horse that's, I guess, has got a bit of off-season form. In number three, Tijuana, I thought he looked pretty good in those two wins at Pakenham, and then went to Flemington, got a bit of pressure there, was eyeballed most of the way, but gave a really good kick, put three or four lengths on the field early in the straight, got a bit tired late, but I thought it was a pretty good win. Uh, this is obviously a step up, and. Now he may well be better over a little bit further, but I thought at $26 he looked a little bit uh, over the odds. Uh, in for second, I've thrown number 12, Aft Cabin. Well, he created a huge impression at Sandown at start two, getting onto a bit firmer track. Just made a mess of his rivals there and uh, shortened right up into equal Caulfield Guinea's favourite. Back in distance would be the little negative, but uh, draws well. And yeah, I think that the fact that James Cummings elects to come to this race... Um, suggest he's still got a bit of zip about him, this horse. Uh, in for third and fourth. I've got the two that are coming through the Blue Diamond Golden Slipper campaign. Six, Dracono, who was placed in the Blue Diamond and then ran pretty well in the Slipper for six. And one, Dormier, who won the Blue Diamond and then ran very well in both the Slipper and the size. Obviously, he's got the 59 and a half, the penalty, and is he going to be fully wound up for this? They're the question marks. I thought he could have jumped out a little bit better as well. But I think they've certainly got to be kept safe. But T.E. Yeah, could go a lot of different ways here. Three, 12, 6 and 1. Yeah, I'm with something different. Uh, the 10, Zambagini on top for me. Uh, unbeaten Colt, Zoo Star, the debut winner Ballarat was excellent. One by six lengths there. And then uh, two good for Fajita San at Mooney Valley, second time around. Fajita San was a... Started favourite last week at Mooney Valley and thought ran well, um, considering the sort of race shape, I guess, was a bit against him there. But, um, look, come back in good order, Zambagini, with a, a nice jump out. Um, he'll be right up on the speed and just be how much work he does from that barrier 11, um, how much speed there is inside him there. He might need a bit of luck, might have to take a bit of a sit, but I think he's a good enough horse to win this fresh. Um We'll have, you know, sort of be forward enough to win this first up. I think whilst there are some very good horses in this field, resuming, a few of them might be looking for a bit longer than 1,200. Uh, but not I think he'll be ready to go fresh, and um, he's on top for me. In for second, got the six, Jack or no. Uh, another I'm expecting to run really well first up, and gets a good draw. He's a, a back marker, will need a bit of luck, but as I said, there is a bit of speed on, and if you get that luck in the straight, uh, he's certainly a winning chance. He didn't get a. There was a race last last prep that Blue Diamond Prelude um, just had no luck there on the inside. The barrier inside gate sort of cost him, but hoping that doesn't happen here. But just we'll need some luck again. Third after Coven, the twelve, uh, of course, the one with the fitness on his side. Hard to ignore that last start win. Back to twelve hundred now. It was a fourteen hundred meter win at Sandown last start, but back to twelve hundred gets a good draw and in for fourth. The 13 squad, the win at Bendigo first up on a heavy nine was quite good. So if it doesn't dry it too much, he sort of ticks out uh, the wet track box. Um, thought might be overs in the field. 10, 6, 12, 13. 
Uh, I have fallen into aft cabin, number 12, uh, so, so impressive. Uh, got a comeback, obviously, from 1,400 in a mid-week maiden, but uh, just does look like he could be anything. Uh, to beat Zambagini, he's heaven and Tijuana, 12, 10, 5, and 3. Race 6 at Caulfield on Saturday is the first leg of the Quaddy. It is known as the Heath 1100. This year, it is the McCafe 1100. 1100 metres, as the name suggests. Set weights and penalties for four years old and up. Joel at Group 3 level. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of confidence here. I'm giving shooting for gold another chance. I think just the way things panned out down the straight in the Ori Star, where he just sort of found himself sharing the speed with no cover and just wanting to over-race really pan out for him. I thought he held on pretty well. I think back to 1,100, fast speed, he'll get a smother. So that's that's his go. He'll obviously want the track to dry out a little bit. Um, most of his form's on good tracks. He was a little bit ordinary on a heavy nine at the Cold Coast. I'm not expecting it to be as wet as that, though. Um, so, yeah, look, just the wet track dents my confidence a bit, but I think if he gets the right run, he can run you a race each way. Uh, four in the boat, very talented, seven from 11. I just sort of kept raising the bar last time out. Uh, 10 Star Patrol is a real talent. Uh, we saw that last prep. One is maiden around the bend of Pakenham and then went down the straight at Flemington. Uh, so he's back around a bend here and certainly up against it class-wise, but he certainly looks capable of taking that next step. And three generation, uh, Group 3 winner at this track and distance, so not this distance, but this track first up last prep and then ran really well in the Group 1, William Reid. He should be in this for a long way. Seven for me from four, ten, and three. Yeah, I found this race just as tough as uh, any other on the Caulfield card. I've gone with the ten Star Patrol on top. I guess that uh, you know he was so dominant um, at Flemington down the straight last preparation, a couple of those wins and back around a bend. Of course, one packing and maiden uh, around a bend, but can he do it here at Caulfield in a in a really good race? Um, Second to passive aggressive reads well, obviously an unbeaten mare who's um, going to be hard to beat in the very next race. Um, Ed Mello on board, he's going well, and the trial behind Ballina Patina was good. So ten on top for me um, of the three generation who flies fresh this entire. Tested some really high quality sprints last prep, and look, he certainly wasn't um, disgraced. Far away in a William Reed there and uh, the Doombin 10,000, the heavy eight on a, there just probably looked up a bit last prep of the sort of came to the end of the preparation. But from a good draw, he'll certainly be thereabouts and give a sight. Seven shooting for gold, a fit, uh, going well without winning his prep and in for fourth, a four in the boat. 10-3-7-4. Generation for me to be in the boat. Red Can Man, who's... An interesting one is uh, the best weighted horse in the race is the highest rater, but uh, by virtue of running second at all three starts at last prep and not having won for a while, avoids the penalty. Uh, and Kalos for fourth, so I've got three, four, six, and two. I'm going to be putting 10 Star Patrol in my quaddy as well. That was the first leg of the quaddy. Second leg is race seven. It is the WW Cockrum Stakes. Uh, 1,200 metre group three set weights and penalties for the Mayor's job. Uh, seven passive aggressive for me. Four from four in the first prep looked so good uh, doing it and just really loved her recent trial and I think she's going to be here ready to go first up, get a group win under the belt and then can uh, 
maybe press on to a group one later in the campaign. I think she deserves to be favourite. I think number six, Luzarella, is over the odds. Uh, or nearly 30 to one about her. Thought her first up run last prep in the light fingers behind Fangirl was excellent. Then she struck a heavy 10 in the surround. They freshened her up, had a crack at the William Reed. Um, it was just a forgetful run. Just got back and dry track. Uh, it was just a bit too firm, maybe. And then she sort of wanted to do things wrong on the turn. So it was just a forget run. But I thought, you know, with a couple of forgive runs last prep, her prior form says she's up to running a decent race here. Well, she was over the odds. And then up towards the top, a couple of the class mares. Two kiss on all four cheeks. Was runner up in Perth, first up last prep, but was giving plenty of weight away to the boys and ran super. And then she came over here and ran good time winning at Flemington. And one graceful girl, last start winner of the winter bottom. Outstanding win that was. Drew 16 of 16, last at the corner and just uh, swept past them. So certainly wouldn't be uh, leaving her out of the, the numbers. And I think eight isotope probably has got to go in the quaddy too. Um, she's a class mare. Seven for me though from six, two and one. I've put that class mare on top, Isotope. Um, as you said, Marks, I spoke to Tony Gollan during the week and he was certainly um, more confident in Isotope's chances than he was Natuna. I think if, if, you know, both horses would run well, but he was quite bullish on how Isotope's going and in her work, a Doombin trial winner leading into this. She's a very good first up uh, horse, three from five, with a second in there as well. Look, a winter carnival prep in, up in Queensland, a bit of a mixed bag on paper. It doesn't read all too great, but she was contesting a couple of really good Group One rate for eight sprints, and then the Stradbroke. She um, was, you know, looked a chance halfway down the straight. She might have a little peaked on her own late, but um, I thought the run was pretty good. She's finished fourth of eighteen there, three point seven five lengths behind Alligator Blood. Um, she ran out well in the Kingswood Smith Cup the, the start prior. So whilst the results might not look all good on the form in the form. She ran quite well. There were a few um, interruptions throughout that campaign, as um, Tony Gollan told me. And But I think now, here, off that sort of smallish break, has the residual fitness on her side. Um, I think $7, I think a good way each way play for a horse of her class. There's no doubt the seven passive-aggressive deserves to be favourite. Um, she's resuming here. She's only won the one stakes rate, though, the listed race at Flemington. But she uh, was a pretty good field in behind her, and she did it quite well. The recent trial, um, Cranbin was outstanding. She sat on the speed, kicked away, and looked to do it pretty easily while the horses in behind her were sort of being hard, hard ridden. She was just doing it all on her own, and it was a really impressive piece of work. So she does deserve to be favourite, but just with Isotope at the bigger price and the fact she's sort of run well in these um, good races before and better races as well than this, um, I thought we'd just give her the edge. So eight on top of seven. I've got the two kiss on all four cheeks in for third. Um, good fresh record, uh, runs well. Uh, the run at Cor- her run at Caulfield um, here last start was quite good, running on from towards the rear and has got a win at Flemington as well. So has run well here in Melbourne and in for fourth. I've got the uh, six Zuzarella. I thought worth it. Uh, maybe a small each way play at, at really big odds, a nice trial, and for the reason Shoal outlined as well. So eight, seven, two, and six for me. Uh, passive aggressive for me made her my best from Hellfest, Isotope, and Chain of Lightning. Seven, five, eight, and eleven. The big one at Caulfield. Third leg of the Quaddy race. Eight Magic Millions Memsey Stakes, fourteen hundred meters. Standard weight for age. Group one. 
worth $1 million. Geldings aged five or over, of which there are plenty in the field, have won the past seven Memsies. The favourite has won in seven of the past 10 years, and barriers two to five have provided seven of the past eight winners. So, hello, Dragon Leap Tafane, Nonconformist and Snap Dancer, most of which will be at fairly juicy odds, I'd imagine. Joel, how did you see this one? Yeah, really intriguing, tough race. Um, you know, you could have several goes at it and miss the winner, but I am putting my confidence in the Perth Horse Western Empire. I think he's a bit of a freakish talent, this guy. Uh, they put him on a derby prep as a three-year-old. I think that you know, they were just sort of... Those races sort of came up at that time of the year and they were the, the stakes races he could win. I don't necessarily think he's a stayer, but he was too good for them. And then he came back in the spring, late part of the spring, early Perth summer, and outstanding win in the Asian bow. Just looked like a track gallop and then went to the railway, did it again, and was beaten in the Kingston Town at a twenty, mind you, but uh, was beaten by his pretty handy stable mate and regal power. So no knock there. I guess the wet track is going to be the query, uh, but I think... You know, if he's pushed out a little bit in the market, six or seven dollars, I think uh, it's going to be a chance to get a good price about a very good horse. So I'm going to go Western Empire to beat Alation, who's got a task. Um, not sure about many horses that have sort of stepped up to a wait for age group one at their fourth start. Obviously, so you think, claimed a Cox Plate at start five. Um, I think trusting one of Warwick Stakes at his third start, that was a group two. But uh, look, it's a tough task. But he certainly looked very smart last prep. Uh, two Cascadian, he runs pretty well at Caulfield. He took six goes for him to finally win a race here. That was in the Peter Young last prep. Um, but he's usually competitive. He's been trialling very well in Sydney. I expect him to perform well. And I've thrown the Kiwi as a bit of a ruffian for fourth dragon leap because I've had so much time for this horse. Injuries have plagued his career. I just think for the, the fact that um, the stable have elected to send him over here when they've got the... The group ones at Hastings on their doorstep that they could attack. Um, they brought him over a couple of years ago to Sydney and he got injured in the tramway. Very good run first up in New Zealand. This is a tough task, nowhere to hide, but uh, just think there's some confidence from the stable, so I'll include him in my numbers. 5, 11, 2 and 9. Yeah, I've gone with Western Empire as well. Some sort of talent that railway win last prep was uh, was dominant. And, yeah, as you said, Joel, went down in the, the Kingston town at his most recent start, but the winner, of course, is an all-star mile winner. So um, nothing wrong with losing the regal power. And other than that, his, his, his form leading in was outstanding. I think he put six on the trot together and comes here with a big rap, deservedly so. The Geelong jump out, I thought, was very good. Um, he's on top for me, the five. Got 11 in next elation, just the wins to the eye last prep, albeit in... And weaker grades, what he sees here, were outstanding. Um, the turn of foot on him is, uh, uh, is outstanding. And, yeah, I've, even though both of those horses have drawn wide, I think they can overcome that. So those are the top two picks, 5'11". 14 and next snap dancer who, 1,400 metres, if you look at her previous form, probably not her best trip, but she is a Group 1 placed. The Tatsiara at her most recent start. It was a brave effort from that wide draw. Just get gunned late by the fast-finishing start, Tontes, and... Just with the first up form here, for a good draw, sort of settle handy. I think she can tick a lot of boxes. She ticks a lot of boxes. And I've got the fourth. Uh, for the fourth, I've got the one on Thunderstruck. 5, 11, 14, 1 for me. 
Uh, I will make it unanimous for Western Empire to beat Alligator Blood. I'm Thunderstruck and Elation. 5, 3, 1 and 11. We finish with another black type race at Caulfield. Race 9 is the tile importer heavily stakes. 1,700 metre listed handicap. Joel? Uh, 11 emissary for me. In his third Australian prep, I expect to exceed the best of him. Uh, he was a talent in his early days in the UK, ran an English derby. Uh, his first campaign over here, he ran very well at Sandown first up and then just sort of petered out a little bit, did run third in the Hotham when they were trying to sneak him into the Melbourne Cup. Two runs in the autumn, thought he was very good in the Peter Young Stakes. Yeah, it was a small field and they'd, you know, it was sort of a bit of a sprint home, so probably gave those sort of lesser-like horses a chance, but he finished very close to Cascadian. And then he went to Sydney for the Ranvet, struck a heavy nine and was well beaten. So, look, obviously I want the track to probably dry up a little bit. That's the query, but I've liked his jump outs. He gets in on the minimum. And, yeah, as I said, I expect him to take another leap forward this campaign. Nine, Jimmy the Bay, just uh, how can you knock him? Continues to run very well, four wins from his last five. This is a little bit tougher, but he should be thereabouts again. And then I've put in the class pair up the top. One Spanish mission, who knows if he runs 63 and a half, but his talent will take him a fair way. And two, Delphi, uh, he just went to pieces before the Peter Young back in the autumn. They've gelded him. Hopefully he's a bit more relaxed now and we'll get to see the best of him this time in. 11 each way from nine, one and two. Yeah, similar numbers. And with 11 as well on top, in the three. First up, record reads really well. It's a miss of placing in four goes, and I think 700 metres is a good kickoff point for him within a length of Cascadian. Um, first up last time in, that's obviously good form for this um, 54 kilo. So I thought he um, looked good in the last nine. Jimmy the Bear, look, obviously the one on the rise and just flying this prep. Patrick Payne decided to keep running him, and he just keeps um, delivering. It's settled handy, it's settled off him, and um, just the rock hard fit horse in the field. It also ticks the wet track box as well. One Spanish mission, um, classy stay resume, one of the early favourites for the cup. And with the 63 and a half kilos, I think his class can take him a long way in this. I thought the three Shiraz first up might be able to run a bit of a race as well. Um, a good track, good form on soft going. Generally needs a run as his former preps has shown, but I just thought in a race like this and the class he sort of has um, might be over the odds and definitely worth throwing into the quaddy. 11, 9, 1, and 3. Oh, I went for Desert Icon, who I was quite keen on that uh, got uh, scratched recently, and that was over the worry then was over 1400. Great horse second up and uh, up to 1700. Um, I actually made Desert Icon my best in best bets before I saw the uh, prices and found uh, that my best was uh, 14 bucks and my value bet was a $4 favourite. So uh, I've kind of done a switcheroo, except my best is now passive-aggressive, as I mentioned earlier. But Desert Icon, my value bet, that's up against the value bet of Joel's and Dan's, which is both emissary. Uh, for second in the Headley, I've got last year's winner, No Effort. Uh, for third, Luna Flair, super run first up in the Winter Championship, been kept fresh since. This is only 100 metres more. And Jimmy the Bear for fourth, 10, 8, 7 and 9. As I mentioned, my specials, race 7, number 7, passive-aggressive, race 9, number 10, the value in Desert Icon. Uh, the boys, 
Joel, uh, value bet is race nine, number 11, as I mentioned, Emissary, and also Daniel's. Joel's best race eight, number five, Western Empire. So the only special we haven't heard about, Dan, is your best, and that is uh, earlier in the program and uh, has been tipped pretty freely on this podcast uh, over the <laughs> over the course of this preparation. Tell us about it. Uh, tell us about number uh, race uh, three, number seven, Pachero. Yeah, look, he's has let a few people down a couple of times this preparation and look last last uh, race at Caulfield through no fault of his own he just got caught up in behind horses in the straight he essentially went to the line untested um very unlucky good to see him sort of um find some form it was a good run first up at 1200 probably outsuited in that sort of trip in a really hot race passive aggressive and star patrol ran one two and he's finished fourth behind him not far away not much luck at his next couple, and last start was a bit of a tough watch if you're on him. So I'm going to give him another chance if he can sort of get, can clear, can get clear daylight and run on hard, um, as I'm expecting. He'll be hard to hold out. So in a race that's sort of biggest biggest field, but maybe four or five winning chances, really. And other than that, it's a quite a long tail. So seven, Pachero, Pachero in race three, my best marks. Alrighty, Rose Hill is the venue for another big 10-race Sydney Saturday card. As I mentioned, there are two uh, group races. The first of those is race 8, Bowerman's up-and-coming stake, 1,300-metre group 3 quality. Joel? Yeah, uh, interesting race. Um, We've got Williamsburg with 59 and the rest all 54, 53. Uh, I'm going for one at a bit of odds here in the James Cummings train Golden Mile, number seven, son of a stern. I thought he did a pretty good job winning on debut at Ballarat. The fifth best last 400 of the meeting. There was a bit of merit to the win. He had the blinkers on there. He's been trialling really well in fast trials without the blinkers, so they've elected to take them off. Uh, I think he's the sort of horse that's going to get better as he gets over a bit further, but 1,300 first up. I just thought at around $26, he represented a bit of value. 11 Conqueror as the hardest to beat. Um, just, yeah, it was a bit of an interesting kickoff point for him, resuming at 1400 He was very good in defeat. Now he comes back to 1300 but um, he's trained by the master. He knows what he's doing, so he will be hard to beat, Conqueror. Six-back row, I'm a fan of his. Um, it was Quite happy that he didn't quite beat Manzois the other day, but he may have if he had got out a little bit sooner. It was a pretty good run. Note that Tommy Berry hops off to ride Ringmaster, so that's um, it's a bit of a concern if you're a fan of back row. A Ringmaster's got to be a hope. And eight Kaboo I've thrown in for four. Thought he'd take a bit of improvement out of that uh, Rosebud run. He was um, yeah, sort of eight or nine weeks between runs, set outside the lead and battled on quite well. He can uh, certainly be competitive pressing forward, but seven each way for me from 11, 6 and 8. Gone 11 on top concrete was set a task first up at Randwick and um, the run was really, really good uh, considering his first up at 1,400 metres. He charged home into second. The winner there, Arnick, was obviously shown a bit previously without um, winning too much, so you know, knocked losing to that horse, but I thought it was a really good run uh, first up. Down at 53 kilos again. See a stronger race here, but I think he's a really talented colt. Um, and he's my top pick in the race, 11. Nine, Hell I Am. A horse I've always had a bit of time for. It went down, it was 
quite keen on him in the Gold Coast earlier in the year. He's a 290 favourite there and a bit of a, a tough run up in front up and the speed was sort of pressured there and the, the race was sort of there to suit the back markers and he's come back this time in and, and really, hits, really hit his straps. He's had one, two or three. Uh, both of those wins at Canterbury. Um, I just think sort of going the right way now, down to 53 kilos. Of course, he's up in grade, but I think he's uh, got the talent to run right well in a race like this. Third is back rower. Nice return at Rose Hill. Just nabbed late on the line in a good race there. And in for fourth, I have the seven golden mile to start Spella. Nice win on Dubu. Um, backed up, at the, backed up at the cl- on the clock and trialling well. 11, 9, 6, 7. And race nine at Rose Hill on Saturday is the Furphy San Domenico Stakes. 1,100 metres set weights and penalties for three-year-olds at Group 3 level, Joel. I'm giving Sebenak another chance. He looked a little bit disappointing first up, but the pattern of the day didn't really suit. He did run the fastest last 200 of the race. They put the winkers on here. He's got another. He's got a tough gait, so that's a bit of a query. But uh, he's at around twenty three dollars. I think that's just too big a price off one forgivable miss. Really taken by the trials of Swiss Exile this time in. I think he's going super. Um, he all he's done all his racing up in Brisbane, but uh, he had a really good campaign, winning a Group Two in the winter, and then beating all but she's a belter in the size produce. One best of Bordeaux, maybe the best colt in the two year old season. He won. A group three and a group two and beat all but the Philly Fireburn and the slipper. Certainly did enough to get Coolmore interested in buying him. And four Rise of the Masses in for four. Got a bit of time for this bloke. He's pretty tough. He loves a fight. Forget the slipper run. He just had no hope at all. I wouldn't be surprised if he bobbed up. Six, two, one and four. I'm with the five on top. Natuno, Tony Golan trains. This I am Invincible Cold. He's unbeaten. Uh, first two wins didn't come again. It's a whole lot of opposition, but third up in his most recent run, he won the Ken Russell, the Group 3, and um, struck me when talking to him earlier in the week was the fact that he didn't love the heavy ground, according to his trainer, and he sort of was coming to, come to the end of the prep. He didn't think he was all at 100% there, but he still was brave enough to hold them off in second midnight in Tokyo. came out and won a race in Sydney long, long after, and the third place horse was She's a Belter, subsequent Group 2 and Group 1 winner, so... Format of that race has stood up. Um, I think he can justify his uh, the stable's confidence in him. They've got a good colt on their hands of bringing him to Sydney. And it's a nice trial, a couple of trials and jump outs as well. Uh, he looks good in those. So Natuno first up for me on top. Got the nine in next space walk. Very good behind Zuccarino. Um, last start, Zuccarino's a very promising horse. I think that's good form for this. In for third, I've got the one best at Bordeaux. Of course, he's got the, as I said earlier, he's got the runs on the board, the silver slipper winner, able to do it all in front, and then ran a big race in the slipper, beating all bar Fireburn, who was um, quite electric that day. So first up, deserves to be favourite, I think. I just thought a bit short at those odds, around 240-250. In for, in for fourth, I've got the 12 Empire. I'm giving one more chance. This filly a little bit wrong in the Quisette. Um, last start, the, the Caulfield win on Taboo was outstanding. I think if she can, if you can show if she can show that sort of ability that she has, uh, I think she's over the odds in this five nine one twelve. All right, five, race nine number five, Natuno was Dan's value bet. Uh, now your other specials on this card, I'm pleased to say that uh, 
with each special the other has uh, also tipped it on top. So, Joel, why don't you kick us off with your specials at Rose Hill? Okay, my value bet comes up in the midway. Race four, number five, leave me some, around $7 each. I thought may have been slightly better odds, but the market has found her. Um, she's done most of her work away from the city arena, but every time she's come to town, she's run pretty well. She's been competitive, you know, sort of that Canterbury night meeting grade midweek level, but and she did run fourth in a midway uh, this time last year. First up run was a bit of a forget run. Then she went to Coffs Harbour, showed a really neat turn of foot there, got out to good odds. She was held up early in the straight and then put them away nicely. This is a bit tougher, but I think she's up to this uh, when she's in form, and I think she is in form. She's got a good gait. Um, yeah, as I said, I, I'm probably hoping for $10 and above, but um, I think she's a good play each way. And my best, race seven, number 14, another one that's come up a little bit shorter than I expected. The market really likes him, um, number 14, Waterford. Uh, this four-year-old uh, stallion was placed on debut in the UK, then straight out to Australia. He'd been jumping out well down at Flemington. Went up to Sydney for the local debut and toyed with his rivals there in a maiden. Wanted to do a bit wrong, like uh, sort of hang it, hanging in up the straight, but put them away like a nice horse. Now, there could have been easier options for him, but to go straight to a Saturday benchmark 78, tells me Chris Waller really likes this bloke, and I do too, and I think he'll be winning. As I said, I, 360, I thought he might have been a bit longer, but I think he'll be very hard to beat. I think he's a horse going places. My best comes up in race five, and with the Chris Waller train, Grace and Harmony, um, excellent first up run at Randwick. They're hitting the line nicely, the fastest last 200 metres of the day. Um, just looking at record reads, all right. Last time she's tackled 1,400 metres was... That Rose Hill, she's finished within two lengths of Ellsberg. That horse went on with the job. A couple of Group 3 wins and a, I think a placing in the All-Age Stakes last autumn. So I think while she's a horse that has stakes wins over a bit further, sort of towards a staying trip, she's obviously yeah, quite versatile and the first up run of 1,300 metres indicates she's in it. Um, come back in top order, up, up only 100 metres here, but down to 53 kilos, dropping 6 kilos. Race and harm, it looks hard to beat in race five. All righty, they are racing on the Parks track at Morfordville on Saturday, and uh, due to a very long-range future washout at Oakbank on a Sunday, uh, we've got ten races in Adelaide for the next two Saturdays. We also have a stakes race this Saturday. It is the Leon McDonald Stakes Formerly the Penny Edition Stakes, it is race nine. It is 1,400 metres at weight for age, a listed race. This is a race that um, a lot of uh, very good horses have used to uh, kick, off, kick off their spring campaigns over the years. And in fact, in four of the last 11 years, the winner of this has uh, gone on to win Group 1 races thereafter. Looking at this field, well, we've got Just Folk, who's a Group 2 winner and uh, certainly would have Group 1 Aspirations, and of course, we've got Dallasan, who uh, has been very competitive in Group Ones many times, but hasn't won till April twenty uh, since April twenty twenty. Um, are they your main focuses, Dan, in this race? Yeah, they're the top. They're my top two picks. I've gone the one on top, Just Folk. Of course, it does take a while. Uh, when I say a while. Generally, it's a couple of runs to uh, before finding his best. He hit his traps third up last prep, winning the Ajax Stakes at Rose Hill. 
And prior to that, he was good in a couple of strong races. And first up down the straight, probably wasn't suited. Um, took on a couple of fit horses there, with the straight track form, and looks just a bit of a, a solid enough first up run, I thought. I'd give it a pass mark. But second up form, he hasn't run a place in four starts, but finds a much weaker race than what he saw second up last prep when seventh in the CF4. The wet track helps. Soft seven at the moment. I'm not sure there's much rain for Adelaide between now and Saturday, but likely will be on a soft track. And he's got a good wet track form. Um, as you said, I think he's got group one aspirations, his prep, and I think he can stake his claim that um, or that he's in for a pretty good campaign. So one on top for me. You've got two in next Alisane. It's been uh, quite a while between wins for him, but as you said, contested some really strong races in the uh, autumn in Sydney and held his own there. You know, one of the weaker races he's seen for some time, Dallas Sand. In for third, I have the 10 agreeable. Um, sort of warmed up really late when the race was all over in the spring stakes last start. I don't think we can see an improved effort there. In for fourth, I have the, oh, the five-in extreme thrill. One, two, ten and five. Joel, did you have any thoughts on the Leon McDonald? Uh, just just folk for me. I think he'll win. I uh, thought he did enough first up race, but wasn't really run to suit. Second up last prep, he was pretty good in the all, beating three and a half lengths by Tofane on a good three. He's going to get given the ground. Lovely run from the draw. I think he's a good bet. All right, Dan, tell us about your specials uh, at Morpheville Parks. Uh, we're going to need to uh, be concentrating for a fair while because your value bet's in the second and your best is in the tenth. Yeah, I'll start my best. Um, enchantingly, first up, um, came came good last preparation in Adelaide. Uh, she won really well first up in Morpheville, led all the way there. Um, and then second up, her win was even was much better, won by seven and a half lengths. Um, on the affected going, she's six starts on soft tracks for three wins, three seconds. Um, solid first up record, good draw here. I see her parking handy and taking a bit of catching. So she's the best on the card, race 10, number 13. The value comes up in race two and with H.E. Dulcie, Lindsay Smith, taking a couple of runners to Adelaide this weekend. Pretty honest there. Um, thought a run at Sandown Hillside last start when sort of sharply back in trip was was really good. She had to give away a bit of a start. She drew area 13 there and was sort of near last um, sort of 600 metre mark, but she got going early on and and she ran home really well on a couple of uh, handy uh, horses. <clears throat> I think that's good form for this. She'll settle much closer in transit here from Barrier 4. Kayla Crowther leading South Australian jock goes on. And I think H.E. Dulcie, good each way bet in race two. All righty, Joel, any other thoughts on Adelaide? No, nothing else for me there, Bucks. All right, Eagle Farm, the venue for Brisbane racing on Saturday. Dan, and we're expecting a good track. Yeah, we are. And we've got a pretty good race in um, the eighth events. A couple of uh, really promising horses, far too easy. And it's me come um, head-to-head here. Obviously, sharing the, um, the majority of the market. I've with the four on top, though, for far too easy, and I've made that horse my best. Last seen running fourth in the country championship final at Randwick, thought we ran really well there up on the speed. It's a gutsy effort. Nice trial at Deegan, um, so just off the leaders, closed strongly under a hold to win. Looks to be going well, drawn nicely here, and Kyle Wilson Taylor is um, obviously one of the leading jockeys there, one of the informed jockeys in, in Queensland at the moment. So, far too easy, the best. 
which is race eight, number four. The value comes up in race seven. I think cold hard fact at around 20 to one is well over the odds. Just had no luck last start um, at this track. Also sort of on the back of the, the subsequent winner, Dynamic Duo, and uh, the rider elected to go sort of the inside. Dynamic Duo got to the outside, had an unimpeded run and, and, and run one, sorry, and won well with the, with the lightweight. A cold hard fact sort of had to change a course a couple of times, a jockey on that horse, and momentum was stunted a couple of times. So when, when fully clear, those sort of last 150, 125 metres, the horse really hit the line nicely. Finds another no metro wins race here, um, and with 51 kilos the claim to Jasmine Cornish. I think uh, well over the odds, sort of 20 to one. So cold hard fact, race seven, number nine, the best each way on the on the card. Joel, did you like anything in the farm? Uh, something each way, race five, number five, Master Showman. He's a brother to Trapeze Artist that has showed a bit. He's sort of mixed his form. Um, but I think there's talent there, and interesting that the Ryan Alexiou team elect to come to Brisbane and ta- tackle a dollar seventy favourite of Tony Gollins and Spiritualize. So gives me the impression he's going well, and I think he'll uh, run a good race each way. All right, they're at Belmont once again in Perth on Saturday. There is a listed race. It is race eight, Idyllic Prince Stakes, thirteen. 100 metres, and uh, most of these coming through the Belmont Newmarket. Our Perth man, Greg Hooper, is with one who failed in that race, and that's number 11, Star Align. But uh, he's blaming the heavy 10 track. Uh, as we speak, the Belmont track is rated a soft five. Expects uh, Star Align to improve sharply. Second up and around about the $11 mark, which is uh, pretty good uh, Pretty good for a Perth selection. Hoops' best is race two, number four, Baby Paris. And his value bet race nine, number two, Creator. Earlier in the day across the Tasman, Joel, they are racing at Tarapa and Awapuni. Yeah, we'll likely be on heavy tracks for both, but some of the spring horses starting to return. Uh, Tarapa, the Group 2 Wait for Age Foxbridge Plate, is the feature race six. Uh, Imperatrice, the mare from the Tiakau team, will be a warm favourite, but keen to see the return of Catalyst. It's been a long time. But, um, you know, we spoke about Alligator Blood earlier on the show and he ran very well behind him before obviously getting injured in the Guineas and then he got injured again in Sydney. Um, he's a real talent. He's been trialling well. Uh, he's come up big odds. I think he'll run a really good race, but Imperatrice will be hard to beat. And my old favourite, Rosen Power, I think, can run a cheeky race also. Uh, my best at Tarapa, though, is going to come up early. Race one, number one, Shanlord. This could be a bit of a maiden all the big trainers, a few handy trialers, but I think he's pretty smart, this bloke. He was beaten on debut, but ran really well. Uh, his recent trial wasn't the best, but that was 900. Uh, he's going to improve as he gets over a bit further, but I think 1,200 on race day off a quick speed. He's going to be finishing all over the top of them. And my value bet is race five, number 15, Rose Crescent. It was a hard watch at Ruakaka last start. It was back near last on turning, Ray Grills tried navigating a path through the middle. It just didn't happen. Saw daylight in the last 50 metres and she poked through and finished sixth. She should have been in the finish. I think she'll um, run really well. This is a competitive race, though. A lot of good form coming together in this benchmark 75, so certainly each way. And at Awapuni, my best is race seven, number four, Cork. Uh, she was my best at New Plymouth last week. The meeting was abandoned. Uh, walked in on a heavy track first up, stepped up to stakes grade and finished second. 
gets in well here. Open handicap on the minimum. Thinks she can be winning. And my value bet is race five. Number nine, CRL uh, in the maiden. Ran seventh last start, but probably should have won. Was really well found by the market. Was jogging in behind them. The gap just didn't come. He's certainly going to be worth another chance here. Alrighty, that takes care of Saturday. Sunday's highlight is the All Jumps program at Sportsbet Ballarat, where uh, the Grand National Steeplechase is the highlight of the six-race card. We've got, uh, well, without scratchings, we've certainly got uh, each way betting all day. There is an odds-on favourite in each of the last three races, including the National, where uh, Flying Agent is uh, slightly into the red as we speak, Richo reckons that St Arnica, trained by Paul Pruska, can do what Inefa Hay did last year and come off a second in the GN hurdle to pick this up. But, Dan, you're with uh, the favourite flying agent there. Yeah, he's hard to go past. The two chase, um, steeplechase runs as preferable resulted in, in wins. He was outstanding up to the 4,200 metres in the crisp. Last start, he won that by seven lakes. I think that's the right form for this. But terrific race. You've got the, the, one of the better Kiwi uh, chases in the Cossack running. Of course, St. Arnica um, in there as well. I think it's a very competitive race. But I thought Flying Agent, even at that sort of those odds, would take a, a world of beating. So, yeah, he, he's, he's my tip of the Grand National and my best on the card. Race six, number two. All righty, that takes care of the preview section of the podcast. Brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Excuse for me, night passage. I, you know, I'm, it's going to win at some stage, but uh, didn't run. Uh, Fields of Athenry, opacity. Any uh, any excuses? Uh, uh, Fields of Athenry. Well, it was part. It was a, he, the horse was pretty ordinary to face value, but I thought it was going to settle on the back half of the field, end up sitting outside the leader. But I wouldn't say that's much of an excuse. The horse just uh, didn't show up. So no, no, no real, no real excuse. Um, uh, no, Opac- Opacity ran pretty well for third, but they don't pay for pretty well. No, 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 that's right. Um, I am. I need a win. I need a win. I'm going passive-aggressive. Race 7, number 7, at Caulfield on Saturday. Joel? All right, I'm a little bit wary about how wet it's going to be. I'm hoping it dries up, but I'm going to go Western Empire at the Memsey. Uh, race 8, number 5. I'm going to go to Eagle Farm for mine. Um, far too easy. It looks a race in two there, but I think far too easy gets the better of it's me. Race eight, number four. All right. That leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. All the form for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Plenty of other good reading besides. It is online as we speak to you in the shops first thing Friday morning. Have a great weekend, everybody. Back plenty of winners. We'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.